Hey team, Mick Hawes Builders Business Black Belt, uh, our usual Wednesday evening um, Builders Problem Solved. And uh, over the last few uh, weeks, I guess, we've been talking a lot about uh, uh, the mindset, the difference between the mindset of an entrepreneur uh, and a and a, and a business owner. We've been talking about all sorts of different marketing things. Uh, we've been talking about the best way to get things off your daily action list to free yourself up, such as automation and outsourcing and delegating and so on and so forth. And I thought, who can we talk to about this? Uh, and uh, we're, we're absolutely blessed to, to have found this chap um, who hopefully is is becoming a good friend you know uh uh i put him on the spot <laughs> but he's, he is a terrific guy he's so generous with his knowledge and he has absolutely shiploads of it uh specifically in the areas that we're talking about tonight so without further ado i am going to uh, introduce you to our special guest this evening carl taylor how are you and where where are you Hey, Apart Mick. from in front of the whiteboard. <laughs> Thanks so much for the introduction. Uh, where am I? I'm in Sydney uh, in in my office. This is my office. Uh, although tomorrow I will be at the airport on my way to the US and for an Alaskan cruise. So. I was going to say, you're, you're in the office, but you're looking at a suitcase with nothing in it, but mostly everything on it, I was told. Yeah, if I look out towards my living room, I can see my suitcase with a lot of things piled on and I'll have to look at that after this okay. call. So that's out. a good start. Yeah. So let's fly into this because I know this particular show disappears in a heartbeat. Um, that's at least the way I always feel about it. So the, the things that we've been talking about to our tribe uh, over the last little while is is ways to free them up. Uh, so they can start to really have the opportunity to work on their business. You know, you've heard that before a million times. You need to work on your business, not in it. And everyone goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they don't do it because they get sucked into the business. So the first thing I want to talk to you about, because I know you've got a fantastic uh, Facebook group called Entrepreneurs by the Pool. Uh, and I just want to get your take on what the difference is in the mindset of an entrepreneur versus the mindset of your standard garden variety business owner, say the owner of a building business. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. I think I think there's two, two key distinctions. And one of them is like what you've talked about there, the working on, not in uh, the business. But I think, it, as you say, it's easy to say that's what to do. It's a different thing for people to understand what does that look like, especially in a daily situation? And I think that comes down to a, how do I remove me from a process? Constantly just going, as the entrepreneur, my job is to solve problems, not to do the work. And so it's about going, okay, I might do the work initially to figure out what the problem is and what the process is. And then as quickly as possible, if not the entire process, steps of the process, I need to go, how do I remove me from that? Because at the end of the day, as the entrepreneur... We're the bottleneck. I tell my team that all the time. I'm like, guys, I'm the bottleneck. How do I remove me from this process? How Going do we- on an Alaskan cruise, of course. That's yeah. how you do it. 
Exactly. Well, I mean, in, in some ways that you're not, you're not wrong. It's a bit like, you know, just rip the bandaid off sometimes and go, Hey guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm going away. Like I remember a, a very early mentor of mine once, uh, he's, he, he did a poll of a room. He got everyone to stand up and he said, he's like, all right, uh, how many, yeah, so who here's a business owner and everyone stands up. And then after that, he asked the question, well, um, let's check that. He's like, how many of you could call your office and sit, so sit down as soon as I say something that you couldn't do, you call your office and someone answers the phone. That's not you. A whole <laughs> bunch of people sit down, right? Then it's like, and it's like, and you say to them, Hey, it's me. And they know who you are. And then you say, um, I'm going away for an undisclosed amount of time. I don't know when I'll be back. A lot of people sit down and I won't have, uh, data or internet or you won't be able to access me. Um, again, a bunch more people sit down. And when I come back, I expect the business to have grown while I was gone. And usually pretty well, almost everyone has sat down. I think that is a key distinction of understanding the different levels of where you're at in your business as whether you're a true entrepreneur and business owner versus having a job and working in the business. And, and there's nothing wrong with uh, for some people who want to just be self-employed and have a job, like that's, that's definitely nothing wrong with that. It's about understanding though, that that's what you have and whether it's a part-time job, like a highly paid job. But at the end of the day, if you're doing any part of your deliverable, you have to a degree a job. And, but when you can leverage out and you can have a business where you do zero of the deliverables, I mean, think about Richard Branson. He does not fly the planes. He does not greet the guests except okay, occasionally for PR stunts. Like he is really he's just the ideas guy in, in Virgin and in all the different Virgin companies. And sure, I'm sure he's setting up deals and stuff, but that is the true entrepreneur level. That is the true playing the game of business. Uh, I said there were two things. So that's kind of the first one. The second one is understanding the second piece of the mindset is, and I learned this from the same mentor that, that kind of taught, you know, did that sit down approach is you got to understand that a, a business in itself is also a product. And if you can shift your mind to realize that your business that you're building is a product. And so your job as the entrepreneur is to make that product more valuable. So you could sell it at a higher price. You realize that then products can be bought and sold. I mean, what do you, what is a product-based business? You buy at a wholesale price, you add value to it, and then you sell it for a higher price. And you can do the same thing with business. You can start or buy an existing business and then you can add value to it. And then at some point in your life, you will sell it. Or even if you choose never to sell it, you, you want to build it as if you will one day. And I think that's the second big difference about people who play the entrepreneur game is, you know, I love what I do. I love my business, but I'm also well aware from the day, from the beginning that I wanted to have it in a way that I could sell it one day. And that's why my whole business model is the way it is. It's why I, I try to remove me from as much of the business. Cause I had an IT business, which I sold in 2011 and I had to stay the new owners. I had to stay in a contract for a year and a half uh, with part of the business because the business, even though we had staff and things, I wasn't enough out of that business that I wanted to get on and do other things, but I was contracted in and I was being paid for it. Sure. But I was well and truly over that business yet. I'm there for another year and a half contracted in getting a salary to, to work in that business that I'm no longer interested in. And 
I, I refuse to have that situation happen again. So I've built a business that has even less involvement for me so that one day when I do choose to sell, that it's kind of like, here's the keys, see you later. Yeah. It's it's such a <clears throat> it's such an interesting mindset and and I suspect for many people listening quite a foreign thing to even think about. I think many, many people would really struggle with that, that my whole idea is to get out of it, particularly if if you're starting a business or you're involved in a business where you really like doing the technical work, if if you like building, if you like creating things, uh, if you like doing hair, if you like fixing cars or motorbikes, whatever it is, it's it's hard to get out of that, but what happens for most people is is it's it's not that technical work that they get to do. That's not the thing that causes their their stresses and all of that sort of stuff. It's all of the compliance and the people management and the paperwork and the figuring it out and the, the business type stuff. But uh, and that's what I want to talk to you about next. Is one of the things that. I often say is um, you, first thing you've got to have that mindset shift that you've just mentioned there. And we should really welcome whoever's watching as well because I haven't done that yet. I've been quite slack. So good evening, Hugh, Emma, Wayno, Justin, Anton, Cara, Julie, Nee, Vivian, and Susan. I think we should also add, so hey, 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 everyone. We should just add to something that you said there is here's the beautiful thing. If you can build your business to a point where you're truly playing at the entrepreneur level where you're not involved in the day-to-day, then you can do just like Steve Wozniak did in Apple right? He was the owner, but he also then, he wanted to do what he did He did best and he enjoyed, code. So then he, you can become an employee in your business yes. doing the thing you love. You don't have to be the one running the business anymore. Yeah. You got to figure out how to have the business run without you so you could go and do what you love. And that's nothing to do with the business or everything to do with the business. But exactly. it just, you know, the whole idea is to give you choice. And one of the things that, uh, as I said, I, I, I talk about all of the time, once you, you've made that shift and you go, okay, well, that's what I want to do. Every day you need to be figuring out something that needs to go on your to-do list every day is how to get something off my to-do list every day permanently. And the four things that that I suggest that you ask yourself is pick one and say, can we delete it? That's the first thing because it's the easiest and cheapest way. The second way is, uh, can we automate it? And I want to talk to you about that a little bit later on. Uh, The third way is, can we outsource it? And I want to talk to you about that in a sec. And the third way is, can I delegate it, which is the most expensive way of doing it because it is somebody who's in employed in uh, internally. So you've got all of the on costs and the training and the insurances and the superannuation and holidays and all of that sort of stuff versus uh, outsourcing, which there are some awesome people. And I was talking to you about this just before we got started that you can outsource to. I use uh, Carl's service of automation agency. And uh, I said, I rate every activity that that I get done from that service and you've got options and the top option is awesome and all but one thing. And I've had a lot of tasks go through there in sort of the last 10 months. Um, all but one has, has been awesome. And I'm, I'm saying that from a genuine uh, perspective of, of these guys do great work, you know, and they're, they're, they, they do it fast and the quality is great. So tell us about, um, what people might need to, to think about, what do they need to look for in their own business to identify things that they might be able to outsource? Um, 
Well, I mean, I think I think a lot of things can be can be outsourced. I, I think one thing one good distinction to get really clear on though is understanding at what level you might want to outsource things. Like yes. for example, I mean, so our company, right? We help people implement marketing. So in a way, you're outsourcing your marketing. But there's a big difference in that you're outsourced the implementation of your marketing. You sh- I'm a big believer in I don't you think you should ever outsource the strategy. Of exactly. Your marketing, yeah. Right. You in, and and that go, oh, we're talking about marketing because that's kind of my world. But yep. you know, this would go for anything. Is that I? You can bring in consultants and advisors and work with coaches and be in masterminds and and you can get ideas and people can give you their opinions. But I would never ever hire someone and say like for marketing. I'd never hire someone and go, great, we need more leads. Just go away and do something. Figure it out. Uh, I think that's a dangerous place to play as a business owner. I think that you need to be across that strategy you don't need to be an expert in it but you need to know what's possible know what questions to ask and have the right people around you for guidance but when you're clear on your strategy then you can outsource or delegate or even automate the different elements of implementation Mm. of that strategy so i think i think that's the first thing to get super clear is you're not going to outsource your strategy um you get advisors and stuff but you can outsource anything that's kind of the implementation uh, definitely you can outsource anything that is like data entry and repeatable pretty well anything that is consistent and repeatable is going to be automatable or outsourceable is automatable um, a word it is now okay <laughs> i like it i like it when i either learn a new word or we just create one I have no idea. I'm, I'm not a. I can't say English was my lowest HSC score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, know, forget it. Forget I said anything. <laughs> um, but I, I think that you know, if if you go, okay, well, what are the things that happen regularly? That's that's kind of the you know the the easy pickings. That's the stuff you can go for straight away, uh, and then you can start to go up and go. All right, where else is it? So whenever I'm looking to remove me from a process. I'm always looking at what do I do consistently? And I, even to the point that if something comes up, uh, I'm not always conscious of it, but if I am conscious of it, I'll try and be like, hold on, will I ever need to do this again? And if the answer is yes, then I'll try and record my screen or I'll try and document in some way what I'm doing so that in future I can go, great, I'm never doing that again. Um, and I think, I think that's a, that's a really easy place to start. So what I, what actually something that was really helpful for me many, many years ago was what was known as a default diary where basically every 15 minutes I would write in a diary, what I was doing every 15 minute increments. I would log, you know, when I was getting coffees, when I was taking break, when I went to the bathroom, what I, like 15 minutes, was I checking email? Was I on Facebook? Uh, every 15 minutes, just for, not for every day, like, it was every day, but for like a period of two weeks, I think it was. And that diary, it was a lot of hard work to do it consistently, but it was so eye-opening. Mm. You'll instantly start to go, oh, wow, look how much time I spent doing something that wasn't productive. But you also will notice things that you're like, oh, I'm doing that every day or I'm doing that. Like one thing I've uh, for a long time tried to, to kind of outsource and delegate um, and I'm now only probably in the last few months had some success with it is my email. What does most people do every day? They check their inbox. So I don't check my email every day. I, I personally, I'm lucky to probably check it maybe twice a week. Um, but someone else is in my email inbox checking it every day and they'll alert me if there's something super urgent or, uh, and I can just talk to them about it and they'll even send the reply on my behalf at times. So mm-hmm. 
that has not been an easy one to, to, to outsource, but that's something that if you look at your calendar your, and your, your default diary, you're probably checking your inbox or you're going on Facebook or you're doing things regularly. So that's where I would start. What am I doing regularly? After yeah. that, anything's really outsourceable. It just comes down to the price point. And that's where you've also got to think about. Some people, I think, think of outsourcing as expensive. Um, and I completely, un- I mean, I've been there when cash is tight. I-, I completely understand that when you're in a position where, you know, cash is a scarce resource. But at the same time, it's about where you can put your energy. And so if I can, like, if you figure out what your average hourly rate is, so let's say you can get on the phone and you can close a deal or you, whatever it is you do that brings in the most money and that you, you spend four hours on that and that brings in a big project well, then you probably got a very high hourly rate for those four hours. So if you did more of those lots of four hours, you would be making more money as a business. So basically, if you worked out that your hourly rate was, let's, let's just go with say $100 an hour, let's pretend you figured that out was your effective hourly rate. Well, then anything that you can outsource for less than $100 an hour that will give you another hour that you can go and do $100 an hour work or higher is a good investment. If you can pay someone $10 an hour to do something that gives, even if they take twice as long, even if you could do it in one hour and it takes them three, you still got it done for 30 bucks instead of $100 an hour. Even if you didn't pay cash for it, you're paying it in missed opportunity. There's an opportunity cost. So I think I think that's really important too. A good exercise to go through is figure out what your effective hourly rate is. Yeah, that is brilliant advice. Um one of the things we've talked about a lot in Builders Business Black Belt and I get people to do often is a thing called, we call it the time log, and it's exactly that. Every 15 minutes, track what you've been doing, and it is scary. It is when you have a look at it and you go, now I thought I was effective, but apparently I'm not. <laughs> when you look at it. But you can learn a whole lot more from it, such like the things you just talked about, um, outsourcing and, and so forth. So uh, Susan has also joined us. Stevie O is here. Robbie is here. Susan says that I am completely educatable, which is another good word. So there you nice. go. Fantastic. So we've, we've talked about the entrepreneurial mindset versus the business owner mindset. We've talked about uh, what you need to look for and how you can start to figure out what you might be able to outsource by doing the, the, the time log or what was your term for it? Default diary. The default diary. So great name for it. Um, and, and I love that because it's kind of how what you default to, like this is your natural state <laughs> and you're recording it and it gives you the opportunity to change it. So I really like that. The third thing I wanted to talk to you about is automation. And when uh, I, I was with you last up in Queensland at our intensive, you told us about how um, uh, Active Campaign had found out that you, uh, you're a bit of a legend and said, can we fly you over to America and can you come to our Active Campaign conference? So obviously you know a little bit about it and uh, it's just so fortuitous that uh, in the last few weeks and our Black Belt members have had to put up with a little bit of the inconvenience of this, I've shifted from one platform called Infusionsoft across to Active Campaign, saved a heap of money. It is so much more simple. Um, it is a customer relationship management tool, but also an automated um, 
uh, communication tool. It's got so many um, really cool features, even the light version. But then when you start to get up into the, the higher levels of it, which is still incredibly inexpensive, they're such a great tool. So can you... I don't know whether you can. Can you give us a, a quick overview of what Active Campaign is? And you better show us the shirt because you just happen to be wearing the Active Campaign shirt. Look at that. Yeah, they gave gave us a shirt at, at the conference. So, and it's actually it's actually like it's a color that suits me and uh, it's comfortable and warm because well, it's meant it, to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what? Yeah, what is Active Campaign? So I mean. Active Campaign is kind of marketing automation platform. And I like to think of marketing automation as getting the right message to the right person at the right time. And, and, and so the challenge there, that's easy to say, but the challenge is, well, how do you know who the right person is and what the right message to send them is and how do you make sure it's the right time? And so to give you an example, uh, you can have it so that you are, someone fills in a form. Let's say you know they've, they've registered for something, they've shown an interest maybe in a specific type of product by filling in a form or if they've already previously been in your form, you can actually do it based on them visiting a web page. If Active Campaign already knows who they are, you can actually uh, add some attributes to this person and track that they visited a specific page on your website. So they don't even have to fill in a form if they've at least done it once. Wow. And, and, and so having that level of knowing what they're doing, you can then do what they call tags, Active Campaign utilizes the thing called tags, which is a bit like a, a label, right? Like, or post-it notes, if you like, you can, you can put post-it notes on, on lots of different people. And so they can have multiple post-it notes. So you might have a post-it note to say, oh, they're interested in this. And another post-it note says they're interested in that, or another post-it note that says they're willing to spend big dollars. And, and so then when you have a big campaign or a promotion, or you want to just, you know, figure out who, how you're going to generate more leads, you can go to your existing database of prospects and clients and you can instantly go, find me all the people who wanted to build this project and um, is prepared to spend over $200,000. And you've got, if you've got them tagged right, you can then instantly send a campaign to those people manually to those specific people. So that's like level one usage of a tool like ActiveCampaign. Level two is then adding the automated components to it, where instead of you manually writing up your campaign, your message, and, and sending that to the people that you found, you can have that automatically. When you, for example, you can do a thing which is called lead scoring. Now, this is getting pretty advanced, but it can do things like where based on them doing different things, opening your emails, maybe replying to your emails, uh, visiting pages on your website, you can kind of give them five points, 10 points. You can kind of add up points. And let's say they get to a hundred points, which means they're super engaged. You could have that set a task for you or one of your salespeople to call them. They'll think it's out of the blue, but you know that you're getting to the right person at the right time. Or maybe you don't want a person to call them. You could have that just automatically send them an email saying something. Um, if you collect birthdays of your clients or, uh, anniversaries of a build, right? You've done a build, you want to kind of remind them you're around. You could store that date of when the anniversary is and that could automatically send out emails to say, hey, it's been a year or it's been six months or whatever you want from that. So you can create these kind of series of if this trigger or this event happens, then do that with emails, uh, tasks internally, emails to those people, SMSs even. Uh, it's so the power of that is just better quality 
prospects, better quality, uh, and not just prospects with your existing customers. You can build better solid relationships and really nurture. So you also just mentioned tasks as well, which I'd I'd like to just explore a little bit because I think that would be something that would be really valuable for our builders and sub-trades that are watching this, that that if an email goes out, for instance, and somebody clicks a link, that can, in that email, that can, that can set off a task notification for somebody internally in your business for you then to do something. So you could set up processes in active campaign that that when a project gets to a certain stage you can apply a tag which sets off a series of events that make sure that everyone gets notified to do certain things i mean the the sky is kind of the limit is that is that doable with active campaign do you think yeah, absolutely. So you can do it with tags or if you're with active campaigns specifically, if you go onto their plus plan or higher, you get what they call their sales CRM. So the light plan is really just kind of the email automation bit of uh, basic stuff, but it's it, for a lot of people, it's all you need. Yep. But what would be useful or for some builders is kind of what you talked about there is on that sales CRM, you actually also get what's known as a deal pipeline and you can create multiple pipelines with multiple stages. So you could use this one for your initial inquiry to the next stage is uh, had a discussion with the client to the next stage being quote proposal sent, next stage being quote and appro- uh, approved. And, and, and you can track that, you can report on that. But at each stage, it's a really simple drag and drop where you just pick up the deal and you drag it to the next stage mm. to move it on. Or you can add notes to it if you want to store details about it. And each stage change can actually trigger an automation. So from, from you know quote sent to quote approved, you might manually, when, when you get approved quotes, send off messages internally. You might send emails and things to the client. You could just, all you would have to do is drag that to deal one, and that could automatically trigger all the things you want to have happen. And you know, set up the the anniversary day. And so that's like the pre-sales, but you could also use it for managing your projects. Now, I'm sure that you've got other tools that you use, but if you didn't, or you just wanted another way of doing it, you can set up a deal pipeline that is just the deal is the project. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's really flexible and, and gives you a lot of options there. Yeah. So Andrea says, awesome. These are the types of trigger points I want to record for my database. Mick Wilkinson's just joined us as well. Uh, And just for you Builders Business Black Belt members that were just listening to that, I don't know what was going through your mind, but what was going through my mind as Carl was talking about that flow of events, if you like, was our qualified process. So somebody makes the initial contact, you grab their uh, details, pop it into the system, and then you you know send out the questionnaire. They return it. You move that in the deal pipeline, then to the triage call, then to setting up the the initial meeting, and then what happens at the initial meeting and afterwards. You know, so you can keep track of where everybody is in the process, which is you know just gold, I think. So, and and the other thing. From a simple, a really simple point of view, and I think this might be worthwhile for people to look at, even just at that light, because you know, to be transparent, I'm switched over to, and I'm just using the light at the moment, just to get started, to get used to it, and then I'll go to the to the higher levels and start to use some of the other functions. But we've been talking to our guys a, a lot lately about uh, putting content out on their Facebook page 
to attract people to come into their closed Facebook group and then, uh, you know, give people content in the closed Facebook group to then start to have a chat with them on Messenger and then on the phone you know the deal. wonder where we got that from. Um, and uh, I think that just that, even that light version of active campaign, if, if you're giving people offers like a checklist or a cheat sheet or whatever it might be on different parts of your business, whether it be a renovation or uh, an extension or a new home or eco or this or that or the other, whatever it is, you can figure out what different people are interested in and they can fill out a form to get your little resource. That then puts them in a certain group and that triggers off a sequence of events that gives them the specific information that they're interested in. So you could have like four different areas in your business and the people who are interested in area one only get the series of emails that have area one content on it. Same with area two, but it's different. Everyone gets what they want. So, you know, the, the light version would handle that pretty well, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think that's an important thing to point out. I mean, most people, when they're doing email marketing, you know, I was guilty of this back in the early days of my IT business too. You, you know, you get something like MailChimp or whatever, and, and you just you just blast or broadcast out the same stuff to every single person on your list. Yep. And, and the problem with that is not every, no one's created equal, right? There are, and if you can send the exact right message because you've got that context that the right people who are interested in this only get messages about that. The people who are interested in both things get messages about both things. And, and that's, that's really super targeted and powerful because they go, oh my God, you are, you're, you're just what I'm looking for because you do everything I need. Mm. And they, they don't realize you do all these other things too that everyone else is just ramming down their throat. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention that I think would be use, potentially useful in marketing for builders, if you're on the plus plan, uh, you get SMS uh, as an option. Cool. Now, um, Active campaigns SMS in Australia is not as great as I'd like it to be. You can do it, but it, you know it's it's it. I have many things I wish it would do more. But one <laughs> thing that you can definitely do that a builder could use, for example, is if you're doing any kind of offline marketing. Um, let's say you're sending out flyers or direct mail pieces or something like that. And I don't know if you guys do, but if you did, or even just like a flyer on a billboard, you know, often you put your mobile number and say call me, but Picking up the phone and calling someone, sometimes people are prepared to do it, but other times they're a bit like, oh. Hmm. And so you hear about the idea of giving away a lead magnet and these free things online. But if someone's offline, to then remember and go to a website can be really challenging. So what you can do instead is you could have a thing that says, hey, SMS the word free cheat sheet thing to this number and I'll send it to you. Now, that's a lot more less threatening than picking up the phone and calling someone and feeling like you're going to be sold something. And so you can do that SMS opt-in where you set up a keyword, you give them the SMS number. Now, unfortunately, in Australia, active campaign, everyone has the same number. So if you do an SMS opt-in, I do an SMS opt-in, we all have the exact same number. It's the code word that changes based on what we want to set up. But from that, it can trigger an automation. It can do all sorts of different things, send emails, whatever. So it'll, uh, they'll send the code word. Uh, Active Campaign will reply back to them and say, great, what's your email address? They'll type back their email address. And as soon as they do that, they're now in your Active Campaign account and whatever automation you've wanted to trigger has triggered. So that's another thing that can be 
quite useful for um, more traditional offline businesses like builders. Yeah, absolutely perfect. As I mentioned right at the start, this show disappears in the blink of an eye. We are out of time. Uh, I hope this has been useful for you guys. Like, um, and, and I'm so genuine when I say this. There are three people I can listen to for hours and hours. One of them is obviously my coach, Taki. Uh, another guy Carl knows is Simon Bowen. Like you just sit across the table from him and you and you say you don't say a word. <laughs> you just listen and it's just gold. And Carl Taylor is the third on my list. I can listen to him talk all day. Like I just find uh, what you say fascinating. It's always relevant. Um, it's interesting. And the way you explain things, you seem to have a gift to be able to explain it so I understand it. Like, so that's genius right there. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm humbled to be included with, with both Taki and Simon. Well, you know, uh, the top three. They're the top three. So we had better let you go because you've got to put the pack. stuff on the outside of your suitcase under the inside of your suitcase so you can go on an Alaskan cruise tomorrow. It's okay. We'll stay here and keep the wheels of industry turning. Um, Good. I'm, I'm glad you, to hear it. You you take it easy. So thank you very much. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. If there are any questions, any comments uh, you'd like answered, yeah, you know what to do. Just pop them in the comment section in Builders in a Circle. There, um, we'd love to to help you out. Uh, and obviously, the the black belt guys listening, if you want to know more about maybe looking at, at, at active campaign now that I know how to use it. I can run you through how ours works and show it to you firsthand and see if it would be appropriate for you. But, uh, you know, it, it just is a wonderful, wonderful bit of kit. So I hope you've enjoyed this. We've talked about mindset. We've talked about outsourcing. We've talked about automation. We have covered an incredible amount of territory in 34 minutes. Unbelievable. So thank you, Carl. Have a wonderful trip. Uh, in Alaska, send me a postcard. And folks, uh, we'll be back next Wednesday for another Builders Problem Solved at inside of Builders in a Circle at 8 p.m. That is it. Bye for now. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Mick. See you guys.